Hello and welcome to another episode of Dakota Career with me, Cameron Blackwood, and my co-host, Colin Riddell. Today, we're so excited to be joined by Mo Hardeck. Mo is actually the Senior Director of Education at GitHub, which means there's really few people better in the world to discuss the state of software engineering education and tech careers. We're so excited to discuss both the future of GitHub's offering and what they can currently offer for prospective software engineers. And also as well, the wider ecosystem around tech education and how we can encourage more diversity and ensure that everyone gets a seat at the table in the wonderful world of technology. If you are new to the podcast, please do check out our other episodes and our other content. You can find all the links in the description. Please do join our Discord as well. It's totally free and a great way to stay in touch with what's going on with the community. We've got some really exciting things planned over the coming months, so please do get stuck in there. Again, you can find a link to that in the description. But for now, it's time to grab a coffee, push those commits, and enjoy the show. Hi, Mo. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Cam. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm well, thanks. I'm well. And um, of course, with the new format of the show, we're also joined by Colin as well. How are you doing, Colin? Hello. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Mo. Great to be here again. Hello, Colin. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. So excited to be here. Fantastic. We're super stoked to have you on the show. And uh, uh, for, for uh, listeners who aren't familiar with uh, with who you are and what, what your background is, do you want do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what you're working on right now and what very famous organization um, that you work for? Sure. Um, again, my name is uh, Mo and I am the senior director of GitHub Education. Uh, so I like to think that I am simply blessed to be the maintainer of GitHub Education, right? As uh, everything in GitHub is open source and we're always evolving and the ultimate uh, platform of transparency. So I just get to lead uh, this phase of education, and I'm really proud of what we get to do. Uh, we build both products uh, and programs to engage with our student communities, and really our task is to make GitHub the home for all student developers. And man, it's a ton of fun. It sounds like a really exciting vision and uh, just the, the sheer uh, sheer suite of products uh, that, that GitHub has. There's so many different ways I can imagine people can learn from there. So really excited to hear both about what you're already running and what you have planned uh, for, um, uh, for both now and the near future as well. So the, the way we normally like to warm things up on the Coder Career is we go through some uh, quick fire questions. Uh, if, that, if that sounds good to you, ho- hopefully they're, they're, there's nothing too controversial on there or anything like that. <laughs> I love a good hot seat. Let's go. Very nice. Cool. Um, so first one, what was your first ever computer? My first ever computer was an Apple IIe. Uh, so, yeah, really, really going back. Now you guys are making me date myself. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that. Uh, so five and a half, five and a half inch floppies, you know, have been part of my life. It was very cool to move to, to three and a half. My second computer uh, was an Apple II GS, right, which stood for graphics and sound because we had a little bit of color in that. And then my first Windows machine, I will never forget, was one of those gateway towers that were like four feet tall. And I think oh, that yeah. was the first time I saw Windows three point something. Huh. Wow. 
That makes me think of the first conversation we actually had, Colin, about about the floppy disks on the podcast. So when we first met, actually, on the podcast we did together, um, when you were shocked at the fact that I'd never used a floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you guys are making me feel so old. Yeah, I loved a good floppy. But it was in my childhood, if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Were, the, were those the floppy disks that literally, if you waved them, they would they would flop back and forth, or were they? They would like literally flop. Yes, I always thought that the three and a half inch floppy disk was, you know, really you know poorly marketed. I was like, this is fraudulent. That didn't flop. They were very solid. <laughs> those are the ones that I'm a lot more familiar with. The the ones that are solid. Right, and then we went to the zip drive with those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. We were in the pub the other day with some colleagues and we're chatting about the zip drives and how horrendously slow they were as well. (laughs) (laughs) I I swung by uh, the uh, Museum of Computer Science, which is somewhere in in like Southern California. Um, And I noticed as I was walking through there, uh, a lot of the items they had on display, I have in my storage room in my house. So... Uh, maybe I open up the Midwest version of the Computer Science History Museum. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. That sounds <laughs> worth a visit if we ever find ourselves um, over stateside. If we can somehow get an excuse for a code of career trip to the West Coast, then uh, I think that would definitely be a good visit, the Museum of Computer Science, for sure. Oh, definitely. Highly recommend. Yeah, um, that sounds good. And actually, that that is an amazing segue uh, into uh, into the next one, uh, which is what what is your favorite tech city? What is my favorite tech city? There's no way I can answer that question, right? You're talking to a you are talking to a, a, a woman who has traveled, has spent 48 hours in all 50 states in uh, oh, wow. the United States of America. I have visited many, many countries internationally. So, like that is, I'm almost going to ask, like, in what context? Um, uh, I guess right off the top of my head, though, I'd say Singapore. Interesting. Um, what what kind of work have you done in Singapore? Uh, was that like working with startups or uh, l- larger companies? So obviously, they're very famous for their fintech scene. Yeah, right. And actually, I had most of my interactions with the Singapore uh, kind of tech scene actually pre-GitHub, uh, as I also have a little bit of a startup background. Uh, I uh, had an ed tech startup for eight years, and that's when I really kind of got into that scene, uh, and I thought that was amazing. Uh, I am also, I have a background in gaming, and uh, it's a really fun scene for gaming and esports as well. Interesting. I didn't um, I didn't know Singapore uh, had a um, had a background in that. It's actually they just, um, they just got some big event was like announced this morning. I saw I just saw it. Ah, that's cool. So that's what um, it's what Scotland was originally famous for um, was because uh, so much of the gaming came out of here, um, and uh, it was like all like Rockstar, Codemasters, mm-hmm. all all these all these uh, all these companies coming out of like not even just Edinburgh, like smaller cities uh, like Dundee. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's really Scotland, Scotland's pride is, uh, like my parents actually live near Dundee and we went to, um, the museum, the museum of Dundee and they had a copy of, uh, of lemmings, uh, <laughs> which like put the city on the map. <laughs> That's amazing. That's can you, uh, you know, while you're, can you give Codemasters a phone call and just tell them to hurry up a little bit on F1 manager? I'm really impatient for that. <laughs> you're an F1 fan. I am. That's great. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. I like to play, but I also like to play football manager. I am also a football fan. And so because I like football manager so much, I'm really interested in F1 manager. So, you know. That would be such a good game. I'm I'm a bit of a football manager nut myself to the point where I've had to uninstall it on multiple occasions just because 
I get too addicted to taking uh, to some team that's either like right at the bottom of the Scottish or English pyramid and winning the Champions League. Um, never, ever, ever touching the editor in the process or anything like that. Um, but I, <laughs> Stainsies, I, right now I'm taking Wigan, you know, all the way up to the Premier League. So uh, I feel you. <laughs> Do you understand? An in-game editor? An in-game editor is cheating. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a, that would be a real challenge with um, with Wigan. But I mean, when I was growing up, Wigan were decent. Um, so just go show time changes. <laughs> I, I stopped by and actually caught a match at Wigan on the exact same trip. I think um, when uh, I was in the the UK in general uh, for some work, and uh, I, I just was a, such a big fan of their fans. So. Mm. I think that's so awesome that you came all the way over from America and you came to Wigan, uh, a Wigan game. That's so cool. <laughs> when you find me in the UK, you will find me at football matches on my downtime. Anywhere, anywhere from Scotland uh, to England. I've been to Wembley. I've been to Old Trat. Uh, I love, love, love to pick up any kind of ground. Oh, fantastic. You should get down to Tynecastle where Hearts play, my local team. That's uh, oh, um, All right, put it Edinburgh. on my list. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Sounds really good. Um, and uh, wh when you're um, when you're working, be that either like shaping the future of GitHub's education offering or running your own startup, what music do you like to listen to? What 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 powers that work? Do you know what's so funny? Uh, so I am a big believer in dance it out. And a mm. weird part of my background is actually I am a retired. Uh, high school and collegiate athlete. Well, I'm just, you know, I've aged out. But um, music is such an important part in sports, right? You notice, you know, when the players are coming in, right, they have their headphones on, I got their fire up music. Um, when we would warm up in the arena, right, you have the music. So music plays a really powerful part uh, to my mindset. I do different types of music depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm doing administrative work, um, you will actually find me listening to the blues. I love, love, love the blues because I'm from Chicago, but it's got a great solid beat and it helps me get through my administrative work. Uh, when I am brainstorming and when I want to come up with new crazy ideas, you'll find me in the EDM, uh, but also Chicago hip hop scene, right? So, you know, Chicago is the home of Chance the Rapper and I'm also a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar. Very nice. Kendrick just dropped this week. What, what, what do you think he of the new He did, album? and I'm all over it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. That's the best answer we've ever had, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What, uh, what sport did you play in, um, in, in university? Well, you can't tell because I'm sitting down. I'm a little bit tall. I'm about 5'10", so my sister and I played volleyball. Ah, nice, nice. Cool. It's a big sport in the states, isn't it? Because it's one of those ones we don't really play over here, but you you, hear, you end up hearing a lot about it from from uh, across the pond. Yeah, yeah, it's really big in the states. Uh, it's very popular, uh, you know, in the in the Midwest. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. We uh, we didn't have a lot of the um, like higher end sports. Like I'll put it this way: on the south side of Chicago, soccer or football was considered mm. like a posh sport because you know in the city we didn't have the space for like a pitch. Uh, so like soccer was inaccessible to me as a kid. But there were plenty of places, to, you know, gyms for basketball and volleyball. Nice and. Um... When you're uh, when you're actually uh, when you are working, do you do you prefer uh, early mornings or, or late nights? Say you're an early bird or a night owl. Uh, can it possible to be both? Uh, <laughs> I I would say I don't know if I really sleep is so much just nap from time to time. Uh, that's kind of part of the exciting part about having 
um, a global team is uh, I am I am never alone. Uh, so you know I'll get up really early in the morning. Uh, I have a large chunk of my team is based in India. They're just the most fantastic team. So I like to get up early so they don't have to stay up late. So you know if I'm up in the middle of the night, three four a.m., I'm like hello my friends in <laughs> India. Uh, I tend to go back a bed to bed and then around nine a.m. I wake up and it's hello America. Uh, and as I'm getting ready for, I'm sitting down to dinner around 7.30, I start hearing from my friends in Australia and APAC about how it's going. So um, not a ton of sleep. So I would say I'm on kind of all the time. That's pretty impressive. Uh, that is pretty impressive. <laughs> You look fairly awake, considering, I have to be honest with you. You know, uh, I do I do my best. <laughs> well, it's um, I, it, it must be early in the morning for you uh, at the moment, right? Are, are you in the States at the moment? Uh, I currently am. Actually, I'm, a, I'm away from home. I'm at uh, the GitHub Bellevue office um, oh. uh, right now. So I actually get to, in, in this pandemic world where there's so much of my team, I don't get to see IRL. I'm giddy at, uh, you know, the prospect of uh, being with part of my team in person this week. I'm going to test my American geography here. Is that Ohio? Bellevue is uh, Washington. So um, we are miles uh, away. You were you were a little bit off. We are um, right next to Redmond, where Microsoft, uh, their big campus, is located. So ah, uh, that makes sense. Well, I, I I can always edit that terrible attempt at a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And um, I went to school in Ohio. You can just you know wipe that from your memory. It's a very <laughs> unmemorable kind of thing. And um, before uh, before the days of getting into technology and everything like that, when when you were a kid, uh, what what job did you want to do? <laughs> well, this is actually a very very well known fact. Is uh, I was the kid, like many kids, who went to their first like dolphin show. I don't know on a field trip. And from that moment on, I became dedicated to becoming a marine mammal trainer. And ironically, uh, I still feel I'm a little bit on that path. I am a certified scuba instructor. I spent several years of my really early uh, high school and collegiate years working at the John G. Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, so I did have years of experience working with marine mammals, but my goal was always to kind of marry um, this uh, this work with marine mammals uh, and technology. Uh, so obviously I've ended up going much more the technology route, but uh, I'm still a very active member of the Shed Aquarium. I dive regularly, but that was initially, that was it. I was going to be a marine mammal trainer and I still secretly hold that dream. That is so cool. Uh, I, I love that. I think that's up there one of the coolest responses uh, we've had on that question so far. Yeah, I've worked uh, with whales and dolphins, and like that, that kind of um, got me a little bit of a of like a like a nickname at GitHub. I was like Dolphin Girl or like Marine Mammal <laughs> Girl, like when that story came out. So yeah. Nice, nice, and um, that actually leads quite on, uh, quite well on to the longer, uh, the longer questions. Um, and always the big one is, how did you end up in the in the world of technology, and uh, and kind of by extension, um, the niche of education technology, which obviously is a massive, like uh, I guess you call it sector or sub industry. I've always had the interest, uh, right? I've always been intrigued by technology, right? The fact that I could so quickly recall my very first computer, and I'm telling you that Apple IIe came into my house, and I'm talking, I'm probably about seven years old. Um, so um, 
I've just always been completely fascinated. And actually, when I went to college on a scholarship, um, systems analysis or uh, coding really was not one of the most recommended majors for a collegiate athlete. Um, and so I didn't choose it as my major originally. I got busted in our computer science lab, though, because on a week slow weekend, I was in the lab trying to teach myself Flash. This is back in the late 90s, like when Flash oh, was kind Flash. of new. Yeah, right? Does that take yeah. you back? Um, and I, I got asked by, uh, somebody came in and said, Hey, we need you to come with me. And they took me down to the Dean's office and the Dean of computer science basically wouldn't let me leave the room until like, I agreed to change my major. There were like five women in the computer science department and that I showed any interest or aptitude. They came right after me. Uh, so I did change my major to systems analysis and I started to formally learn coding and I thought it was great. And then I panicked right when I was about to graduate. I was like, I don't want to stare at a computer for the rest of, of my life. Like, I really like people and I really like interactions. And back in the 90s, they didn't really tell you a lot about what your career options were. It was just right lines of code. And so actually I bailed. And when I left, uh, when I left college, I went to work for the aquarium. That's exactly where I went, was right back to that. Uh, but over time, I drifted back into technology, and I actually ended up at corporate Best Buy. Uh, if you're familiar with Best Buy, it is the world's number one consumer electronics retailer. It is located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And through a very long story, I ended up at Best Buy. But again, I was often the only woman in the room on all the technical components. And I was a young kid in my 20s, and I was annoyed and mouthy. Uh, so I started talking about it, and I started going on and on about recruiting more women. And the CEO of Best Buy called my bluff. He was like, go for it. He was like, I'll give you anything you want to go recruit more women into this company. And no surprise, when I went to go find more women, I didn't run into the same problem when I went to college. Every computer science department I called had like five girls in the class, right? And I was like, all right, we've got to do this all over. Like we need to, we just need to retrain people and we need to start teaching a whole different diverse set of people that computer science is accessible to them. And that changed my career right there. That was it. I was like, all right, we need to get an entirely different diverse workforce and tech talent pipeline became my calling. And so the very first thing I did at Best Buy was build our youth outreach education program that was designed to go after all girls to get them interested in computer science. And that ran back in 2003. And I think you can still find the CNN clip on YouTube today. That's a pretty fantastic legacy uh, to, to have with uh, being on CNN and having that on YouTube uh, immortalized. Right, that was like the, and that was the really first cool. thing I did. Uh, and so I knew I was on to something right there. Yeah, and it, it really just starts in the schools, doesn't it? So that's, fun, that's a fantastic place to get the initiative going, you know, um, explain to young people, you know, this is a career for everyone. And um, I know in the, here in the UK, there's been a, a major push in the last, but only in the last few years. So um, you said you said that was back in two thousand and three. So that's uh, that was well ahead of uh, well ahead of the curve in terms of like making tech a more uh, a, a more of a equitable um, place. I'd like to say I'm, I was a little ahead of my time. Uh, this was yeah, that was all predates Girls Who Code, um, Code.org, Khan Academy, all of that. Um, 
but to be honest, right? Like, where did it come from? It came from a very authentic place of my journey through CS education sucked. And no one explained to me, you know, what was going to happen. And the more I teamed, the more I got to know other people in the industry, they had the exact same story. Their education experience with computer science very simply sucked. Uh, the pathway to the industry was not easy nor welcoming. And right there, you saw all these opportunities for change. And I've gotten to work on a lot of different areas uh, within this computer science education conundrum in which we live in. Uh, early on, I focused on North America, you know, obviously as my as my home country. Uh, but very quickly, I got really into the global education scene and how we unite together and the best practices that we can share and learn from each other. But learning about all of the similarities of the struggles that span the globe. Um, but there's there's unique things, but then there's a lot of similarities that we could pick off, like really low-hanging fruit to make life a lot easier. Hey, Cam here. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to give a quick mid-show shout-out to the Discord. No, it's not a sponsor. You can just join our Discord server. The link is in the description. Sorry we're pushing it so hard, but we think you'll find it really useful. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah, uh Absolutely. And uh, I think um, that also kind of uh, leads us on a little bit into um, into what you're working on at the moment. I know Colin in particular has a real interest in this, having worked in uh, having worked in uh, the kind of tech education sector yourself. In fact, actually, I don't know if it's been officially said on the podcast before. Obviously, Colin, you're you were at CoClan for, uh, for quite a long time. Um, so you are a tech educator yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I feel like after even having left CodeClan now for over a year, and moved on to other things it still stays with me which is one of the reasons why i'm so interested in, in this and interested in and in what github's doing as well so mo i was wondering if you could if you could tell us what is it that's happening at github um and github's expansion of the of the of the globe of the global campus be great oh. to hear more about what that is um so what what can you tell us about it what is the, glo oh. uh, the github global campus so much. And Callan, uh, I love this. We have another thing in common, right? Uh, mm. In my uh, journey, right, I, I rarely have just one job at a time. So while I was also uh, running my uh, ed tech startup, and as we got into kind of more of a maintenance mode, I went to work for a nonprofit called Code Now um, in Chicago, right? And I worked on the curriculum and I taught classes on the weekend, right? So the very same thing. It was always so important to me, right? And that was always the difference is stay close to the students. And that is still what is actually the secret sauce of GitHub education is we are so uniquely positioned that we're actually part of our student community, right? We found out that we couldn't just serve them from the outside. We joined the student community as educators and as former students, right? And that really helped shape our perspective. So what Global Campus was, the really simple concept behind Global Campus is that for years, GitHub and GitHub Education have offered educational benefits to students, right? And the goal behind that was is to make all of the industry tools that we have available to students at no cost so they could get working and get familiar with those tools so that when they enter the industry, right, they can hit the ground running. 
And we actually found that when I started talking to a lot of different companies about hiring, one of the most important skill sets they were looking for was actually GitHub, right? Because GitHub was so important in order for a developer or a student developer to just get up to speed on working with the team is that that actually became a higher priority. And so many students didn't know how to collaboratively work within GitHub. So Mo joins GitHub about three years ago. We have all these great educational offerings, but what I got really tired of saying to people was, if you want this educational offering, go over here. If you want this educational offering, go over there. And Global Campus in its MVP design was simply to make it a one-stop shop, right? To finally put all of the GitHub education benefits, which are many, into one place and to make it relevant to the students. So actually Global Campus has multiple portals. If I am a student and I log into Global Campus, I'm gonna log in and I will see all kinds of great student information. So one of the most popular features or benefits of GitHub is still the student developer pack, right? We have 200 other developer tools in there with like free and discounted offerings, right? Students love it, right? So the pack is still in there. But we're actually changing how students engage with the pack. Because again, Colin, I'm sure you know this too. What happens when you put 200 tools in front of a student and go, good luck? Well, they go, uh, yeah, how do I, what do I do next? You know, what that sounds like next? me with the uh, AWS yeah. console as soon as I see. Right? They all love to redeem the offers mm -hmm. because then why do we redeem the offers? FOMO, yeah. right? But we're not, able to, <laughs> we're not able to use it. So we redesigned the student developer pack. Instead of throwing 200 tools at you, we're asking you, what are you trying to do, right? Is this your first website? Are you going to go e-commerce? Are you working on a cybersecurity project, right? And now we can curate what tools that you can use. And we're actually adding content and projects, right, to help you learn within there. Um, one of our most popular things, obviously, is all the events that we sponsor around the world through our partnerships with Major League Hacking and then our own student leaders, which are called campus experts. GitHub Education sponsors and is involved in over, on average, over 1,500 global events a year. Well, now we've put that all in one place inside of Global Campus. And also what's really cool about it is there's a regionality feature. So if I am, say, Divya and I log in from India, Global Campus will say, hey, Divya, we see that you're in India and it will serve up everything regionally local to her. So her local hackathons, her local workshops, right, instead of showing her the stuff like pen hacks happening in the US and you know having to sort for your stuff. So now we're able to regionally serve our students as well. And then something that we opened up uh, a little over uh, almost two years now is called Stream Team. And we found that a lot of our students were content creators and they had a ton of great information to share with students in their community. So what Stream Team is, is our Twitch channel. We have over 15 shows running on the Twitch channel, all hosted and run by students in different regions, in their local time zones, and in their local languages. So I think, believe we have shows running in seven different languages on our Twitch channel. And again, students are allowed to see that in Global Campus. You can also see your classroom assignments, find your local campus expert, sign up for the events, and all of the notifications for, you know, when, for example, virtual graduation is available, uh, sign up is available, pops up right in there. So finally, students just go to one page for it all. Just one. This, 
It sounds it sounds amazing. I have so I have so many questions. Bring them up. <laughs> my first question is so just to get my head around this and hopefully for the benefits of our listener as well. It's run so GitHub Global Global Campus is run by GitHub. Then is is that right? Is it or is it is it connected to an institution in some way that that is then run from? Can can you explain how how that works? Is it something that someone could just go and sign up to, or do they have to be part of an institution which has GitHub Global Campus attached to it? No, the cool sense. part is is so GitHub uh, Global Campus is a GitHub uh, product. So you go to education.github.com is how you access Global Campus. Global Campus is available right now for any student that is in any accredited university. I don't care what age you are, um, right. none of that. And we have it's the exact same application process as for the student developer pack. So. Any student in the world that's an actual student at a university, grad student, we don't care. Uh, also, high school students have access or secondary education students also have the same access. So you hit right on the page. If you are not uh, already a member, it'll ask you to apply to join. And on average, it'll take about 24 hours for you to get your acceptance. So this is this is why I was asking the question, because last week when I was doing a little bit of digging around and I think the last time I, I was involved in this stuff through through CodeClan we became an institution uh, which was great eventually we were we, we became one of the we one of those um institutions GitHub campus partner partner yeah and that that took quite a while but we got there we got there eventually but I went to try and sign up the coder career to become an institution and I wasn't able to do it because we're not a college or university we are opening up. So like there's, again, we are an MVP of global campus and, um, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll save that part of the conversation for a little bit later on the, where we're going, but where we're going is again, global campus is an MVP, but we want to make it available for all learners. 60% of users that come to GitHub self-identify as learners, right? We're all really trying to learn and GitHub is a great place to learn. So ultimately GitHub education isn't going to be for students alone. We want it to be for all learners. Right now, we're able to verify that student space and why we why that verification and protection is there is safe space for students, right? I love being able to have this unapologetically inclusive and safe space for our students. Um, adding boot camps to that and adding access to that is absolutely on our roadmap. And so no longer do you have to partner with us. You will be able to come in the front door and that's coming down the pipeline. Great. So that sounds amazing. So ideally, potentially. So, for, for example, I think a good chunk of our listeners are like are either have been to small boot camps or are self are self teaching. So I guess at the moment they might not be able to take advantage of uh, the GitHub um, uh, global campus platform. But you're saying that potentially they would be able to take advantage of that in the future, which would be something that'd be amazing for for us and amazing for our listeners. Absolutely. You know, the content that we're creating, that we're using inside of Global Campus, and the content is being created by both GitHub, but also GitHub in partnership with a lot of our organizations that are in the pack and a lot of other groups, you know, that create great content, including Microsoft. Microsoft creates great content. Our job then is to make it engaging, right? Is there's no way I'm ever going to have you watch a video. I want you submitting a pull request. I want you commenting on an issue. I want you merging something, right? What's I want you physically in actions. And that's how we change it and how we convert it. Global Campus allows us to do that, right? To send out really active 
um, engaged activities. And to your point, Callan, there's no reason that they should be restricted to students alone. The reason that we have the restricted student space right now is safe space for students and to keep those events particularly um, student centric. So yeah. as we move forward, right, the again, the boot camp learner, right, we want to be able to create boot camp specific events, still have access to campus TV, I think, which would be very valuable for boot camp, but also the generic curriculum as well. That sounds amazing. Um, another thing that was that was really interesting and that we that we've been that we were exploring a little bit um, previously was the um, the the ability to like run your entire development workflow in GitHub, um, which is a, a recent a recent product uh, that, that you that you have, um, which is for, for, for me and from coming from the education space and being involved with boot camps and things, uh, we had a big problem where we would have to buy laptops and then we'd have to like give those to students or rent them to students. And we'd have to, you know, get pretty good spec, decent spec machines because we'd, we'd be installing like stuff like, you know, VMs and containers and we'd be installing all these dependencies. Um, but GitHub is now, no ability to get us away from that. Is 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 that right? It's part of this it's part of this new this this new program um, where you can run your entire development flow inside a browser, which basically yeah. means that so 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 many more people are gonna have access to a full dev machine that they weren't able to have access to before, which is which is a game changer, right? You are 100% correct. And actually, it gets even cooler than that. So uh, I, I feel like you two are the right people that are going to geek out with me over code spaces. Please. Yes. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about with code spaces. And know that when I joined GitHub years ago, uh, I believe it was like day number two. And and my boss said, they're like, what's the one thing that you need to be successful here with GitHub Education? I'm like, I need a cloud-based IDE. Because exactly to your point, Colin, we're talking about accessibility. Globally, even here in the US, most students do not have their own machine. Globally, that number drops even lower, right? So now you're dependent either on loaners from different organizations, the computer lab at your school or, um, you know, a nonprofit facility, if you're lucky enough to have that. But again, you're not going to use the same machine over and over again. So it does have to be cloud based, right? It has to be browser based. Well, that's where CoSpaces is game changing because now we have GitHub Zone, cloud based IDE. But what makes CodeSpaces even cooler is how you set it up. And that's where I get even more excited. So, Colin, you know this one, right? When we go in to teach a class on a weekend and we've got, let's say, high school students, secondary education students coming in for their first learning, right? And so you have learning levels from everything between I don't know, like, what is command line to like, I've done a little Python before, right? And so you have this tremendous range. And I can spend the entire first day just trying to get everybody's development environment set up and running, right? As we all walk around the room and try to do that. 
That's what Coach Spaces changes. The teacher, the instructor sets up the rules and sets up that dev container environment. And that gets sent out to all of the students via GitHub Classroom, right? So when your assignment gets sent out with your brief of what is doing your assignment, you then hit your open code spaces and the identical development environment opens for all of the students and the teacher doesn't have to do anything. Amazing. That sounds incredible. Like the time saving, the efficiency, but also what I'm really excited about is, again, lowering the barrier of entry to computer science education for a more diverse tech talent pipeline. How many kids walked away being like, what the hell is a development environment? And I can't even Mm -hmm. get it set up right. And how many kids did a U-turn right there? Code spaces is going to keep them in it and be like, let's get in, let's make something and get you addicted to the ability to make anything that you want. Uh, I can't overstress how like how excited I am about that. So a couple of years ago, um, there was a thing floating around in Hacker News that came out that GitHub launched, which absolutely blew my mind. Right. And it's one of these things that just kind of came out without like any fanfare or any like announcement at all. Uh, or maybe there was, and I just never saw it. But what you can actually <laughs> do is you you can take a, and this was, this happened a couple of years ago, and I remember people were just like, "Oh my god!" But you can take any GitHub repository URL. I don't know if you you'll know this, right? And then you change the the from GitHub.com to GitHub1s.com, and it actually takes you to a Visual Studio a VS Code in the browser. And like at that point, I was like, "This is this is crazy." So what Codespaces does is it takes that and it takes that even further, right? And it and it says not only do you have an IDE, but you also have like you can get Docker containers, you can get VMs, you can get everything you need to be able to to be able to do to do the stuff. Um, exactly right, right? And even yeah. and so in in education, right? Uh, we, we we talk about it a little bit. We like to call it like code spaces, you know, light. Is we also don't want to overwhelm students with all the scariness, right? Like think about like the VS Code, right? And if you're brand new and you see VS Code for the first time, you're like, whoa. Um, and for me, code spaces again is that bridge because there's going to be a moment where these students, as they continue to learn, as the projects get bigger and bigger, that there's going to be a moment where it's appropriate to move from code spaces into like a VS code, right? Into like a really local environment. Now you're getting really advanced. Um, But for the general audience, right? For getting started and for getting that work done, again, for the education level, code spaces is everything I would have dreamed. And I couldn't be more delighted that I work for the company that delivered, that built it. I didn't actually know uh, that that little trick you um, told me there, Colin. because uh, I, I actually spent my afternoon trying to figure out an issue with the dependency I was using um, today. So if I'd have if I'd known that little, <laughs> that little trick, that would have saved me cloning the repo and running it locally. So I'm going to have to keep that in mind when my I next dependency inevitably fails. We, we <laughs> should have an offline conversation about this. I have, as I have looked for different solutions for education, I too have come across amazing GitHub features that I don't know how old they have been and that mm. there was no fanfare. I found one that we have a sliding, you could actually put an image uh, in or two images in a repo and actually create a slider that shows like the differences between. And I dug so deep to find that capability. Uh, so there's some really nerdy nice. stuff in there. If we're going to just one more like awesome GitHub, I just want to blow smoke a little <laughs> bit. One more awesome <laughs> GitHub feature that I came across recently that we've started using in my, in my work every single day 
is GitHub obviously has really great markdown support, which I love. But there's a there's a there's a graphing tool called Mermaid. And if you mm. like make a code, make a code block and paste in a mer- mermaid code, it like just instantly makes the mermaid diagram. So for the context, it, mermaid is a is a is a diagramming tool that you can use like a very basic code to like make the diagrams. Oh, cool. And graphs and charts and things. And if you put a, make a code section in GitHub, uh, and your and your and your and your and your your source file and your Markdown file, and you paste a mark like a get a, a mermaid uh, um, uh, a thing there, then it like actually makes the diagram appear. It's just so cool. I just love that. That's GitHub. amazing. Have you tried Copilot yet? That's the other thing I would certainly uh, talk I about. I have. Here. I last. Oh, oh, the you mean the AI one. Yeah, the yeah, co-pilot. Oh, oh co-pilot is amazing. Yeah. I, oh. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely managed to write, I wrote like a two-layer neural network without even knowing much about neural networks using co-pilot. And I thought it was, it's just a game, it's like a complete game changer. It's, it's yeah. scary. There's really, really cool stuff coming out. I will say, obviously, like the students love Copilot. The teachers, a little less. Uh, but again, uh, industry, definitely industry standard, um, you know, tool uh, as they get more advanced. We certainly don't want to take away the learning of the fundamentals. That That's a good point. Like, uh, I remember first seeing Copilot and being like, oh, this is dangerous and scary. And particularly from the point of view of somebody who's trying to make sure that people are doing the right thing the right way. Mm-hmm. But in the hands of someone quite experienced, it actually becomes even more powerful. Yes. It's not the kind of thing I think. I think a lot of people hear about things like Copilot, which is basically a tool for letting you get it. You you can put comments in what you're trying to do, and it'll guess it'll guess and give you hints as to as to how to do that. I think a lot of people think, oh, this is some some sometimes people hear that and they think, oh, well, the future of development development's over. AI is going to take over and rule the world and. I have to stress to people that that's so far from the truth. Actually, tools like that don't do our job for us. They just make our they just make certain aspects of our job easier, which makes us more productive. And I also believe it or not, if if someone's still like learning, which we all are, you can you can learn things from it as well, which I found mm-hmm. as well. So I've, I learned like how to do. I was learning uh, Rust last year, for example. And I was I was using it for that and. And um, I was learned. It helped me with my learning of Rust, and I'm I'm a quite an experienced engineer, so that help that help that help was even more helpful, if that makes sense. Whereas I I feel like something like like um, uh, um, uh, like that feature. What's it called again? Oh my god, I forgot. Copilot. Copilot. Yep, Copilot. I'm just talking about it halfway through. Uh, Copilot. I feel like Copilot in the hands of somebody a bit more junior. Would just be completely wasted on them because it is very it is very powerful to the point of almost, um, you know, being being, like you're you're gonna not learn as much if you use that and you're and you're still at the very very early stages of your of your of your learning. Career, it, it, I think it is. I totally agree with you, Colin. Um, I I don't know if uh, I mean Copilot is a is an incredibly valuable tool. It's certainly not something we're actually building into the early stages of curriculum. But Copilot definitely is as you get into the more advanced stuff and something we kind of we're we're also creating something new, a more advanced area of global campus, uh, kind of called the capstone area, right? So if you're getting ready to get into like you know some Azure cloud 
cloud-based backend and to get into some really gnarly stuff. And again, this is where code or copilot would be very, very beneficial at this level is that you're um, you know, one of the more advanced students, and that's certainly where you'll find co-pilot in education's um, curriculum. We have a series of campus experts. Uh, those are our, um, you know, kind of like the best of the best of our students, and they're the community um, leaders in their area, and they also tend to be uh, some of the most advanced, um, like technical students and, uh, experts got a very early peak, uh, at co-pilot and that it just blew their mind for yep. how fast they could learn another language. That's very cool. I actually quite liked what you were, you mentioned camp campus experts a bit earlier on. I hadn't heard of that before. Is, is that, is that, that's quite a new thing. And, and is it a sort of thing that somebody can aspire to become? Actually, Campus Experts is one of the staples of GitHub Education. It's one of the most original, okay. like it's something that's been a part of our program from the beginning. And I can't nice. stress this enough. The number one thing I can say about Campus Expert is they are not student ambassadors. Okay, that's not okay. what they are. Um, I love it. I hate when we get tagged with that, like another student ambassador program. No, we don't actually have <laughs> a student ambassador program here at GitHub. But what Campus Experts are, and that's why we have so few of them, right we only have about 250 and they are the selection process is tremendous right because what we're looking for are the the ones that are already leading their communities right they're the leaders of the hackathons they're bringing in speakers right so how can github support those community leaders fund their events help them get better reach right that's where we add to content right so we really want to find those students that are already making an impact and enable them more and then we also start to train them more on soft skills give them speaking opportunities right we give them the ability to test uh, GitHub product early, right? So they get to see some very unique stuff and also get a very close relationship with us here at GitHub. But they are spread strategically around the world. So we have, um, you know, we can understand our local students better. Um, but what we don't want is I have 1.9 million active students and only 250 campus experts, right? So do the math. Not everybody is going to be a campus expert, which is why we wanted to create a bunch of different ways for students to be involved. One of those is that new program I talked about, which is called Stream Team. We discovered a lot of our students have our content creators, right? And they love to share. So students started submitting proposals for Twitch shows about computer science education in their area. And we started funding and producing and airing them. So now students can apply to join the stream team and create a stream in their area. So we continue to create new programs for students to get involved in. But that's also then why we have all of the events because then come out to the events that the campus experts are hoping, like hosting, join our community that way. There's so many different ways to get involved. So we actually have a Discord community um, which everyone is obviously free to join if they're um, trying to uh, upskill in their career, whether they started learning to code 30 or 30 years ago or um, 30 minutes ago. Uh, I'm gonna write that down somewhere so I'm quite pleased with that statement. Uh, <laughs> um, so we invite the community to vote on their favorite question each week and then that community member uh, basically records a voice message and leaves it for the podcast. And uh, so Alex had the most upvoted question this week um, that he wanted to ask you and it's about what GitHub does um, for students for a less, um, less conventional um, software engineering background. So I'm just gonna try and play his clip now and hopefully it works. 
afterwards. Live right? on air. <laughs> yeah, live okay. on air. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Question for Moira. As someone without a computer science degree, does GitHub have any kind of offerings for people from a less conventional background? Short and sweet. <laughs> I love that. I mean, the answer is yes, right? GitHub is the home for all developers. And GitHub education, we want to be the home for all developers who are learning, right? So we're moving, as we move that tagline for the home of all student developers to all future developers, right? Mm. Do you, you see mm -hmm. the difference that we're making yeah. there, right? And that is the evolution of um, GitHub education. Uh, for those that come back from the non-conventional background, we still encourage them to come to Global Campus and apply because we can make exceptions uh, depending on what's going on. We make a ton of exceptions now because of how strong our fraud protection is. We, it actually gives us a lot more time to do manual review on individual requests. So I'd also encourage Alex to go ahead and reach out to us. Uh, to Colin's point Thanks. earlier, it's coming down the pipeline for all of those informal learners, right? Having access to do that. Um, it pains me a little bit that we're still, we're just coming out of MVP. Uh, it's like, I can't go fast enough. Uh, we have recently uh, just doubled the size of the education team for those looking actually to join GitHub education. There are several engineering roles uh, available if you go to Ooh. GitHub careers. Uh, so we are actually really expanding. In an attempt to accelerate that, I want to get there sooner rather than later, Alex. So I'm coming for you. Look for us. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, Alex is uh, Alex is also currently looking for a role. So either for GitHub or for anyone who is uh, who is looking for a very um, enthusiastic junior engineer, he does a lot of great work for our community, uh, helping other, uh, helping people that are learning to code. So send him uh, my way. I particularly this is education. I particularly love junior engineers because where are we going to get started? So absolutely mm -hmm. send him our way. 110 percent, Alex. I look forward to talking to you. Brilliant. I absolutely love that you have that mentality. Um, like yeah, junior too. engineers, the ideas they can contribute and the stuff they can teach senior engineers. And not even in like, a, uh, I'm not even trying to, I'm trying to think the right way to say this. I'm not just trying to be nice by saying that. I'm saying like literally juniors are going to learn the most up-to-date things, newest techniques. Seniors may not have had the time um, or realize that, you know, maybe the best practice has changed or something like that. And a junior can come in and help them. And that's why I love ideas like two-way mentorship. Uh, where you know the 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 more senior person is also learning lots of new things about the most up to date techniques from the from the more junior person. One hundred and ten percent. Another cool part about GitHub Education, and I love that uh, we get to talk about this because I never ever get to brag about this, <laughs> is for all of those programs that we talked about, and even our, our products. Our students are involved in all of those, um, right? So even when we do uh, for campus experts, uh, twice a year we open up applications. The campus experts in those regions are reviewing applications. Also, though, the, for no unconscious bias though, we blind it all, right? So you can't see who it is. You can just see their curriculum. We also do unconscious bias training before they go into it, right? But the students are self-selecting who they think their campus experts should be. Virtual graduation is another beautiful, beautiful example, right? That's one of my favorite events that we have. If you take a peek at what's going on in virtual graduation, the repository right now, 
Uh, I think students have translated our original graduation message into like 12 different languages and they're doing their own translation and sharing it. We find that for our virtual graduation events, so much of that are a student's first time PR or pull request and other students are checking and helping them with their pull request. So, so much of this is driven by students. We also had students work alongside of our team on a fun little piece of a uh, script that we wrote for virtual graduation and it's called the toxicity blocker right to make sure that our in uh make sure that uh virtual graduation remains inclusive right but uh how do we make sure that we open it up to scale for everybody without having to manually review seven thousand requests for all that stuff and the students worked with us to create this toxicity detector because they don't want any toxicity in their environment either and that now protects the virtual graduation repo and that's something we worked on with students uh, and one other thing, uh, Cam, you mentioned Discord. Discord is a beloved partner of GitHub Education. Why? Because our students love Discord so much. Discord's not even a member of the student developer pack, but we worked with them to create one of the new student developer pack experiences, which is how to host a virtual event. And in it, we included, uh, we worked with Discord to create the hackathon template for Discord. To date, I think it has been used something over like 3,000 times. Um, so I love that. And also students can join us on Discourse GitHub Education. We chat, we chat there as well. Yeah, they absolutely should uh, should, should join, and um, you know, there's some um, Discord is one of the best ways uh, to learn to code by connecting with other people in the same position, and um, that really gives me an idea. Actually, you say about the hackathons, we should organize a code a career hackathon. That'd be so much fun. We should. Um, I'm so into that. that you guys built. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do yeah, done. That, yeah. Look at you got my you got me on air on a commitment. We're doing it. Let's do it. <laughs> right, we'll clip that right now. You can. You can totally play this back legally. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, some, something I I was um, curious to get your take on uh, here as well. Actually, while we're talking about maybe students that have come from an unconventional background, uh, like Alex, for instance, uh, was doing. Um, he was doing immunology PhD or something along those lines. So he's teaching himself to code right now. Um, I taught myself to code. Plenty of other people on, on our community are, are teaching themselves. Um, how, what advice would you give to people that are in that kind of position where they're trying to juggle a ton of life commitment? Maybe they got a full-time job. They've got kids. You know, they, they, have, a, um, they have things that uh, grab their attention. What advice would you give them if they want to break into the world of tech? Oh, I mean, I think the simplest, uh, the advice that I give to everybody is don't try to do it alone, right? That is, I think, uh, mistake number one, right, is that, um, but also, I would say, be critical about who you listen to, right? So everybody is going to have an opinion for you. Everybody's going to have a point of view. Somebody's going to be like, I don't know, if you learn Ruby on Rails, like it's the dumbest language ever. I don't know why. I love Ruby on Rails. So like, I don't know why people knock it you know, whatever. Um, but other people are going to give you advice. So I'd say, think about those that look at those that uh, either have a career path or have either the ethics, the philosophy, the style that you want, right? Make sure you take all of that into account as to who you're going to take advice from. Don't do it alone, right? Paired programming is great for a reason. Go get your rubber ducky, right? All of that stuff. Don't nice. do it alone. And the other thing I always preach 
is be kind and patient to yourself. I find a lot of people bounce out of this because they get overly critical of themselves. I think a lot of us that are drawn to tech have a little bit of, well, maybe even more than a little bit of perfectionism in us. Uh, and while that drives us to create really great products, uh, it will mentally burn us out and can turn us away from really great opportunities. So I also would say stay open-minded um, be kind to yourself and be patient. Yeah, that's some. I think that's I love some really you. That's advice. some of the best advice. <laughs> <laughs> I go a little bit more soft skills with it uh, because, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like these are all the things I wish somebody had told me, and you'll find mm -hmm. that to be true of the educats. That's what we call those of us that are lucky enough to work for education. Is the educats remember every single day? about their own struggles. And uh, so many of them are parents, right? And they're like, I don't want my kid to struggle the way that I struggled. And, you know, we're, the motivation is so authentic. I particularly like your advice on be selective about who you, who you take advice on. That's, that's probably more applicable now than it ever has been, particularly with, well, this very movement that we're all part of, the education movement and the learning movement and the helping people and you, you just have to go onto LinkedIn and scroll for three minutes, three minutes. And you've, you've, you've got advice coming from left, right and center and people saying, I oh, don't do this way, do it that way. Or this is, this is great. And this is terrible. Or this use this language. Don't use this language. You know, it's, it's so hard these days to be able to, it must be so difficult for someone who, someone who's in the early stages, stages of their career, who's figuring this all out to try and, figure out which advice is the good advice right so I, mm -hmm. I i love that you've given advice on on how to try and seek out the seek out the best advice you you can see that in our philosophy in the fact that in the mvp of global campus we focused on bringing the community together first right so before we added all the new curriculum before we added code spaces through classroom right before we started adding all the fun technical features the thing that we focused on was bringing the community together, uh, celebrating those regional differences and the uniqueness, but creating that global community, right? We we're trying to teach people not to do it alone. And because we know that's so important on this journey, it can't just be syntax. I have a potentially silly question, but I've just realized there is no better opportunity that I've had in my time on earth to ask this. What is the GitHub logo? It's Mona. It's an Octocat. It's Octocat. It's Mona. Come on, dude. Get with the program. It's Octocat. Is, oh, is that a thing that everyone knew about? Have you not been to the Octodex uh, to see all the many Octocats? Come on, no, camera. I didn't know what it this. was. Because the reason why you said when you said Educat, I thought, oh, it's to get Hub Logo a, ca a cat. It's a cat. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an Octocat. And the her amount name of times I've sat staring at that logo. Mona. Mona. Ah. Oh. Just goes to show that I uh, I do not know what I'm talking about in the text. <laughs> uh, your, your students are going to be like, what? Because GitHub Education is also the holder of the education swag, um, which, I mean, is like currency. So we are very, very, very popular. Uh, we host every single week around the world the My Octocat uh, uh, <laughs> social media event so if you check out twitter check out the hashtag my octocat you'll see people constantly submitting their unique octocat through our octocat generator cam like it's a big deal you can make your own octocat and we send out swag rewards uh, every week for my octocat 
Well, I know what I'm going to start doing after the podcast now. Yeah, that, he's going to be like, yeah. I'm going to win that My Octo Cat one week. I'm going to get it. <laughs> I feel like my mindset, my whole world has been shifted by finding this out. Like, uh, I and can't then, believe I didn't know about it. <laughs> and then we'll send you an Octo Cat plushie. It gets, it gets real. It gets real. I think there's still, I've still got some of the original, like, first editions of, like, the Octo Cat stickers. Um, from way back, from way back, those are like those are worth those are worth money, right? <laughs> like, if, if you guys haven't gotten swag in a while, send me some, you know, send me some addresses. Uh, you're now part of GitHub Education. Uh, thanks for having us. So, uh, re- represent. Yeah, so I'm gonna try and get on get my really expensive ones just in my collector's file, you know, and hopefully just keep, save them for save them for later. But yeah, send us more. <laughs> we'll send you. We'll send you like some of the black hoodies, so you can walk into Code Plan and they'll be like. Whoa! You know, yeah. like yeah. what will be the envy of the uh, of the Edinburgh taxi <laughs> walking through town. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, um, moving on to kind of one of our kind of follow up questions from all that all that really good chat. Um, this I'm, I'm really I'm really quite interested in in, in the products you you spoke about, particularly and um, particularly code spaces. But I can't help but think that you know developers by their very nature are quite fickle. And sometimes hard to change their mind on. I, I guess one of the reasons you want to try and integrate code spaces with um, the GitHub Educator Education platform is that you want to bit, get them early, if you like. But obviously, you're going to try and bring existing developers over to use code spaces as well. Is that not going to be quite a big challenge? Um. That is a fantastic question. Well, I will say this. Um, The excitement that the three of us share about Codespaces is shared uh, amongst the education community um, from teachers and institutions, right? Teachers that want to teach with GitHub in order for their students to learn using GitHub, right? So they they get the, the value of that. But you're right. So people can be fickle. We've learned over the years, uh, GitHub loves to uh, you know ask our students detailed questions. And every year we run the classroom survey, the GitHub classroom survey. Um, and over the years, and one of the questions we've always asked is, what's, what's the IDE that you're using? And we give back a big range of offerings. And over the years, we've watched it change right um two different ones right and we were really kind of surprised particularly in the recent years where it became very heavy vs code right um <laughs> is that surprising it, it was to me honestly uh, I, uh, so there's a lot of familiarity so we have so many students that were using they were using vso right so uh, visual studio online right so there's a real um kind of easy transition there but what's most important is the global campus landing page right in and of itself right here is my dream because like when i was a student or think about how your morning works right now as you go to start your day and get caught up right like check your email you check your slack messages right you're gonna check the blogs that you're reading maybe you got some rss feeds running you're gonna troll a little reddit right and but you're gonna start to put together all the pieces of data for your day as a computer science student, right? What are you looking for? Like what assignments are due, right? Blah, 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 all of this stuff. 
I want a skit, a computer science student that that's what they do. When they wake up in the morning, they go to education.github.com and land on their global campus landing page that has like, here's all of my assignments going to work. Here's all the events that I signed up for. I'm going to turn on and listen to the show in the background because it's about Python. And I think that's particularly interesting, right? I can see events coming up. I can see the ability to sign up for things, right? I want it all in there, right? As we add programs, mentorship programs, the career planning and placement office, right? This is where everything is going to be. So I want them to be able to just go to one place. And that's what's scalable. And I think that's really the big differentiator is stop running around. And, uh, you know, Cam, you said it you're, you know, yourself, uh, you know, we, we chase down curriculum even. Uh, this is where it's all going to be one spot. I actually think that I'm I'm going to recommend this episode to like all my former colleagues in the uh, the book the boot camp at Code Clan where I used to work, and um, because this is almost becoming meta now this conversation, and I really really like it. I really love that we're talking about 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 this stuff. So hopefully, like you know, potential students and future students and current students of all kinds are going to get uh, a lot of, a lot of big benefits out out of this. Yeah, um, definitely. Really right. And, and all self-contained. I love it. You're like, you know, inside of GitHub, not bouncing around, but then uh -huh. picking up the skills you, and it's multiple skills, right? If you're using code spaces, not only are you learning, you know, obviously the syntax of the language you're trying to learn, uh, and an easier accessible way. Uh, but then you're also going to see comments and issues from your teachers. You can see pull request feedback, right? So you're actually also using version control and learning GitHub at the same time. Which again, we know is very, very valuable when it's time to join the industry. They want you at at least an intermediate level for GitHub. Um, and now you get it, right? So if you learn using GitHub, it's going to just be embedded now. Well, this is this is kind of um, something that we used to do. Um, at CodeClan, we would move, we, we had, we ran all of our notes on GitHub. All of our lesson notes, they were all ran on GitHub, but they were all, uh, they were all on there as markdown files. And every every day, what we would do is we would get the students to pull down the notes by doing a git pull. And and then then at one point, I remember we went across to like a, an, an LMS, a learning management system, where they could just go on and log in and view the notes. And the amount of experience that they had with Git from that point on just went through the floor because they weren't going on every single day to do get pull and then see the notes. So we went back from the LMS to back to, to using GitHub mark, like mark, uh, mark, markdown files, which is a kind of like a, it's a basic like feature of you make a repository, you stick a bunch of mark, markdown in it, and then you can see it and, you know, edit it and whatever else to the point where it's now going, well, actually this is a really, really sensible thing to do because a, not just getting some experience with 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 um, GitHub is get or get or GitHub is important, but actually being able to write Markdown like that's yeah that's a that's another that's another skill as well. Definitely. Here's the interesting thing though, right? One of the things that we found that that, that I'm, I'm quite curious to hear your take on is if you're if you're learning in a way and you're learning within a a, a, a contained environment, um, how how do you handle the situations where someone moves into their first job and they end up like using stuff that's like quite different because we can't guarantee that like for example that they're that 
the com- a company that someone goes to for their first for their first gig is uh going to be using something like even VS Code or maybe using they may be using Git but not GitHub. Remember because mm-hmm. because we we can still do Git repos without without GitHub. But it's like true. Then, let's let's pretend that we, that then nobody does it. But it, some people still do. You know, I mean, when I when my first job we 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 ran the Git server in the kitchen. Literally, there was a server in the kitchen, <laughs> and you would SSH into the server, or you would have your key set up for the server, and the server you you'd, you'd pull the code down. That's before GitHub was even was even a was even a, a popular mm-hmm. thing. So so how do they how do we get people so that they're not just okay? I've learned to I've learned everything in 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 this platform, but I only know how to work the platform. Do you have any take on that? Oh, definitely. So you're right. Git, uh, Git and GitHub are two totally different things, right? Version control. I love explaining that to my family. For those of us that work, <laughs> at GitHub, for those of us that work at GitHub, let me tell you how not fun the holidays are. Who do you work for? Get what? Get and like you have to explain it. It's version control. No. Um, same thing though, ironically, with the students and the teachers, we have very similar conversations because if you're new to Git, right, and version control, and we see a lot, obviously a ton of beginners, right, um, on our side, that's where the GitHub component now becomes very powerful. And I think that's the really differentiator is that social community aspect of GitHub, right, is clearly we're saying like, hey, this is industry level tools, it is still a way to use Git and version control. But what I think GitHub, and I'm talking about like the monolith now, not just education. So all of my fellow GitHubers uh, have done a beautiful job of (laughs) of making GitHub an actual creator community, right? It's not just about the maintainers and one office, not just about enterprise customers anymore, right? And so we bring that community piece. So you're, you're right, there's a lot of Git options. I think GitHub is particularly good there. Another big differentiator though, is GitHub education. No one in the Git world is throwing down what GitHub is in terms of helping those beginners learn Git itself and to get started into that world. So the investment that GitHub and Microsoft have made in GitHub education, like is, is again, game changing. And I'm so thankful for these companies that really see the value of the future um, of these students. And then Colin, I really, really want to come down and teach you how to use GitHub Classroom uh, because for all of that cool stuff that you talked about, we automated that for you now. In GitHub Classroom, you can create all of your template code and you can import your LMS and send out all of your template code to your students and grade and feedback. And we have auto grading and it's all included. And now what we just released is actually Code Spaces is available today for our verified teachers. So if you go to, uh, I believe it is, Jenny, help me out here. Uh, it's like blog.github.com uh, and select on education, you will see what we have just announced for teachers, right? Because we want teachers to start using code spaces via GitHub Classroom as they start setting up their classrooms for the coming semesters. So actually, we actually have code spaces out in front of students. Students are using code spaces through GitHub Classroom right now. I want a shot at that. And I'm sure all my colleagues, my former colleagues, I don't work at a bootcamp anymore, you see. So that's why I'm saying this is going to be very interesting to, 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 to them, though. So Oh, God. Yeah, I I can't wait. 
I can't wait to come I'll, and get I'll you, you up to the classroom. I'll hook, up, <laughs> the I'll hook you up to the people at Code Clan to make sure that they're make sure that they're doing it. But yeah, that's what I mean by I never really left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and at the same time, like I look at I look at a product like GitHub Classroom that has evolved so much right over the years. And again, this was a, a product that was uh, I feel like all of uh, um, our junior students should know this was a junior like intern project like years and years ago was the beginning of what ultimately became classroom, right? Was how do we create this tool that makes it easier to teach and makes it easier to share? Well, classroom now has a very robust team around it, right? It's fully supported. Um, and it really, really enables teachers to teach a lot easier to give feedback. But again, you're now as a student, you are now engaging with your teacher inside of GitHub. So you're learning how to collaborate inside of that platform. And that's just as important, right? Those soft skills of being able to collaborate and take feedback via coding isn't something that is even just GitHub specific. So giving students not. that kind of real world scenario, at least of a, a ba on a basic project, they're still learning the flow of how to collaborate and how to give feedback in an environment like that, whether it be GitHub or someone else's. But I prefer GitHub. Of course. <laughs> Great. <laughs> because you got the Octocats. You know, Mona's there to help you out. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Best mascot. <laughs> and oh, now I know mascot. what it is. Best mascot, <laughs> hands down. I'm still cool. shocked the camera hadn't, hadn't a clue. What can I say? <laughs> I don't if know. I, was I at just home, uh... I could have show I could be holding a plushie right now if I was at home. So <laughs> I've locked him out of the room. But I have my very own little cat. Uh, he's not half octopus, but uh, he's a he's got real habit of interrupting the podcast. So he's been firmly <laughs> shut out of the room this time because um, he's had too many strikes. Um, and uh, yeah, he's done things like jumping into the microphone, um, jumping on my shoulder, and making guests laugh during uh, during recording. So yeah, he is firmly outside the room. <laughs> <laughs> cats love a good podcast i've noticed yeah they really do That's yeah true. i think it's a combination microphone is exciting people are speaking and they know the human is doing something important so yeah they have yeah, to get involved getting, <laughs> not getting the attention. it needs to be about me <laughs> yeah so true <laughs> that's awesome. absolutely um cool well i, I think that's um that's sort of what, almost all we got time for um today so i mean i, I just want to say like a massive thank you for because we know how busy you are um to taking time out your schedule to tell us all about uh about the plans and if people want to find out more what, what what's the best way to, to to hear more uh the best way to learn more is to go to education.github.com right that's where all of our information uh lives if you have questions if you have support you can hit the support button right on that page and send us a direct message to be like hey i want to know just so you know that's my team right i see we hear those messages we're very very serious about that um so give us some uh feedback um uh alex um Cameron and Colin will give you my direct email address and you can email me and we'll have a conversation. Um, but there's always ways to find us. You can also find us on Twitter, GitHub Education. Feel free to send us a message there as well. There's a new Instagram account. You can send us messages there. There's a lot of ways to uh, access GitHub Education. If you are on global campus, I highly recommend you use the find your local campus expert feature uh, because we have a lot more of them than we do uh, Educats, so they can answer questions a little bit faster than we can. And they're very helpful. Would would that not just as a quick side question? Would that not give you the person that's running the institution that you're attached with, which is kind of 
Uh, it doesn't necessarily. It may not necessarily oh. be your university, but it'll be in your area. So, like for example, if I'm oh. in Chicago, uh, the city of Chicago, I may have a campus expert at Loyola University, but I go to Columbia. But that's still Go my ahead. campus expert mm. for like the region, um, right. for the area. We we don't make up. We don't align with universities. It's about the general community geographic area. Great. Cool. That's nice. good to hear. Awesome. Yeah, no, we I won't like we won't lock you out just because you don't attend <laughs> a certain university. We don't do that. That's a fantastic philosophy um, yeah. to, to have. And yeah, I mean, I'm just so stoked that uh, GitHub is really putting so much stock behind this. And uh, yeah, I that this is what I love about the tech industry sometimes, like just um, when companies really step up and and uh, help people that want to um, you know want to want to break into um, this uh, this wonderful industry and obviously me and Colin are so passionate about helping people get into it that we we run this podcast so uh, yeah it's um, yeah it's been been an absolute pleasure and we're so excited to see the further developments of Global Campus. Colin and Cameron, just so you know, I mean, obviously we all share the the same philosophy. I would love to hear your input and your feedback as you take a look around all the GitHub stuff. Tell us what we're not doing. Tell us what you'd love to see. Um, that is very, very important feedback. So as you guys are obviously uh, very in the know and uh, interact with a lot of people, I think your feedback would be incredibly valuable. So maybe we set up something reoccurring and we can check in with each other. Uh, I'd love to hear what you're hearing and how we can stay relevant with your audience. I would love that. I would absolutely love that because I want to. I want to um, make sure that we're getting as much out of out of GitHub as possible uh, for for our community and for for the people that we're that we're trying to help out. Definitely. Yeah, and I think I think next time I think next time too we should we should have you guys talk to you know one of the campus experts. Like you know, forget me. Talk to the students, right? Talk to the students that are actually using the stuff uh, that are out there learning uh, that we're supporting. How they feel about the support that we're giving them? Is it enough? Do they need more? Where do they need help? Um, our experts are amazing. So I'd say. Let's also talk to the students. They're great. And some of the teachers. Love the teachers. Um, Cameron and Colin, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I have to say this is probably um, maybe one of the most fun, or if I want to upset my mother, the funnest <laughs> conversation uh, I've had <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in quite some time. I'm hoping she's not listening. Uh, so I really appreciate it. This thank is, you. you know, my favorite thing to talk about, but thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And please send uh, all of your students and teachers and learners to education.github.com. We look forward to welcoming them on campus. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for your time. It was lovely to meet you. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please make sure to share. It's really helpful for us, particularly at this point in the journey that people share our content if they appreciate it. Once again, I just want to say thank you so much to each and every listener of this show, and I hope to catch you all in the Discord soon.